you, worship team. Yes, and let me just also say to those who are visiting with us this morning, uh, if this is your first time, um, I recognize that I'm not, I'm not the lead pastor here at Allen Bible. Our lead pastor, uh, Buddy Lyles, is on vacation. And um, some of you this morning uh, had told me, like, I thought Dan was preaching this morning, and he was, until he texted me yesterday morning being exposed to COVID and not feeling well. So I've got that dynamic going on right now where if you've ever been on a sports team and you're sitting on the end of the bench and you don't think you're going in, <laughs> and then you get tagged, and here I am. So I'm coming off the bench. Uh, so anyway, but uh, I think Dan's doing okay, but he didn't want to take the chance of exposing anybody to anything um, that, you know, may be going on with him health-wise. Uh, but I'm excited uh, to be in this psalm, and it is Psalm 46, and so if you have your copy of the Word of God, please go there. On the back of that um, page, that handout, it's not really an outline, but it is a, um, <laughs> it's the text. Uh, you have to dig around through um, my notes that I've scribbled on the side. Um, but this, one of the verses that we have here is Psalm 46.10, that be still and know that I am God. And that right there, chances are many of you um, have that somewhere in your house. It's underlined in your Bible at least, but you might have one of those little wood signs. As a matter of fact, on the front side of these notes, um, I copied this be still and know that I am God thing off the Internet uh, you just type that in, and you get all these like little wooden things that you can get at Hobby Lobby and places like that. And there was a dandelion, but it just didn't come through in the copy. I don't know what a dandelion's got to do with that, but um, a lot of space to doodle, right? Uh, and listen, I know, doodling sometimes helps me listen more than, uh, than not. So, so there is that. I just know that these wood signs that we put around and Sometimes these little sayings, be still and know that I am God, it could also be, oh, isn't that sweet, you know? It's kind of like um, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, a lot of people, you know, live, laugh, and love these days, you know, <laughs> through all those wood signs. And, but in the Christian homes, it's always like these partial verses that, you know, make us feel really good, which is, you know, I think that's been the next step from when I was a kid, and it just seemed like every Christian home had the, um, you know, the framed beach scene, you know, footprints in the sand, you know, there were two sets, and then there were one set, because you just carrying the whole thing. Uh, I think that has transitioned over to these, uh, these wood signs. Be still and know that I am God is one of them. So, but we're going to look a little bit more in-depth at that today, because that's not just a trite little saying. That's just not something that goes, hey, this makes me feel good, so I like to read it, okay? Uh, while it should make you feel good, if we understood the context and what's around it, I just think it has a whole lot more power. I mean, I really do. So let's read the text together. Uh, Psalm 46. Here's where it starts. Verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, through it, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help deliver her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. 
Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. Um, What an honor and an opportunity it is for us today uh, to sit under your word. My hope, our hope, Lord, is that you would speak to us today. Help us to see what you would have us see. Open the eyes of our hearts. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you were here last week, I preached through Psalm 55, and that the message there is essentially the same message today in a general sense. Last week, we looked uh, specifically at a Psalm of David, and the trouble that he was facing was trouble that, you know, he was not expecting because he was being opposed, being attacked by his friends, his companions. We talked about the fact that we know there's a cliche that we use, you know, that, that you stabbed me in the back because you didn't see it coming. And so the message last week was we could go confidently to God, you know, in those times of trouble. But today it's the flip. Today it's the enemies that you know are your enemies, right? So they're not coming at you from behind. They're coming at you straight forward. And sometimes those enemies, like we read here, are very much, they're very real. They're very tangible, Here we're talking about battles, and we'll get more into that in a minute. But I also want you to think through this morning as we read through this text. Sometimes those enemies, sometimes those are just things within us. It might not be an external thing or a person. It's just stuff going on in our own mind, in our own hearts, because sometimes we are our worst enemies, if we're honest. And so I just want you to think about that as well. And to know that even in those times, no matter where those enemies are coming from, whether they come from our friends or our foes or they're within us, that God is our refuge. He is our strength. He is always there. And that's the connection from last week to this week. But let me give you some context on this specific psalm. You know, a lot of scholars, commentators, um, they say this. They say that this psalm comes directly after a historical account that we read in 2 Kings, uh, right in the middle of chapter 18 to the middle of chapter 19. They can't say it for sure, but at a minimum, it is a great illustration of the things that we're going to talk about here in Psalm chapter 46. And so you don't need to turn to 2 Kings, but it's there. I wrote it on your notes, so check it out later, Um, because I just want to paint the picture. Here's what's going on. You've got the nation of God. Its king is Hezekiah. And you've got the Assyrians, and the Assyrians are the baddest people in the land. What they are doing, the Assyrians are going, they've got this king, I have to write his name down, Sennacherib. Their king, Sennacherib, and the Assyrians, they are conquering nations, nation after nation after nation. And they come up to God's people in Judah, Jerusalem. And then you know what? What happens is this. They got scared. Hezekiah's going, "Uh uh-oh. This is, this, is, this is a bad scene. And so what he does is he goes, okay, he starts to have conversations with the Assyrians. And you know what they do? They mock God. I just want to read what they say. Uh, that's 
verse, chapter 18, verses 32 to 35 says this. Here's what the Assyrians say. They're saying, hey, don't listen to Hezekiah when he misleads you by saying the Lord will deliver us. Has any of the gods of the nations ever delivered his land out of the hand of the king of Assyria? He's going, look, we've been down this road before is what he's saying. He says, we're, we're, are, where are their gods? The gods of, and he starts to name these other places that's already been conquered. He goes, where, are their, where were their gods, right? And he says, uh, where were the gods of this place, that place, this place, and that place? He says, they, have they delivered Samaria out of my hand? Who among all the gods of the lands have, have delivered their lands out of my hand? That the Lord should deliver Jerusalem out of my hand? So essentially right there, the Assyrians are going, don't talk to us about your Lord. All the nations talk about their God, right? Who's going to deliver them? And the Assyrians are going, it's never happened. So we ain't all that worried, okay? So then Hezekiah, he goes, okay, what does he do? He goes to Isaiah, the prophet, and says, hey, we got a problem, <laughs> all right? And then Isaiah, at that time, this is what you do. You go to the prophet and go, I need a word from the Lord. And then Isaiah comes back to Hezekiah and says, God's essentially saying we're going to be fine, <laughs> all right? He says, like, everything's going to be okay, all right? And then Hezekiah does this. He goes, okay, let me pray. And then we see his prayer in chapter 19 of 2 Kings, verses 16 through 19, says this. Here's his prayer. Truly, O Lord, the kings of Assyria have laid waste the nations and their lands and have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore, they were destroyed. So now, O Lord, our God, save us, please, from his hand that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you, O Lord, are God alone. That's Hezekiah's prayer. And then what happens is God is saying, he says, he says, you're going to be just fine. It's all going to be okay. Because God's going to show up, and he does show up. And you know how he shows up? It gets real interesting. Boy, it'd be crazy to see this in a movie. But what happens at that point is this. In the middle of the night, while everybody's still kind of a little shaky, right? These Assyrians are coming on us. They're behind the walls of the city. And it says, not a God didn't send down a bunch of angels to wipe them out. He sent down the angel of the Lord. And you, know, you should know that phrase if you've studied the Bible. Old Testament, the angel of the Lord is the Son of God himself. It's the same phrase that shows up in that story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? Who's there with them? Who's where, who was there with them? The angel of the Lord, the Son of God himself. So, the, so God sends down the angel of the Lord, and he wipes them out. 185,000 soldiers of Assyria get wiped out right there in the middle of the night. And then everybody wakes up the next day. The Bible says it clearly. You could imagine it, but the Bible even says it. They wake up the next day and they go, whoo, that's a mess out there, right? This the carnage. But God showed up and said, uh-uh, you know? I don't care what these other nations and their gods said, that, you know, their gods are going to protect them. Even as Hezekiah prayed, those gods aren't real. God, show up and let everybody know. Let the whole world know that you alone are God. And we trust in you because we know this to be true. So they're slain. And then what does you know, you know, King Sennacherib do? He goes back home and he goes to worship another false god. And then 
He's gone too. That's how that worked out. And so with that as context, I want us to think through this song, Be Still and Know That I Am God. Verse 1, as we've already read, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in times of trouble. So here's what I want to start with. God is our refuge and strength. What we tend to do is run to other places for refuge. Even think through the things that we do, which are right things to do. You know, we have alarm systems. We have a security team at this church. We're going, okay, we're going to make sure this is as safe as possible. We do things in our lives like that. You know, we, a lot of us wear seatbelts. We do things, you know. We're trying to protect. And then sometimes things go crazy. You know, sometimes you've got something like, you know, you were mistreated at work. Maybe, uh, you know, you're fired, you know, unjustly. You know, you got, you're at war with your neighbors over silly things. Uh, or like we talked about last week, man, your friends are in your face about stuff. People are betraying you. Uh, you know, you just have people against you. So my question to you and the question to me is, you know, where do we go for our refuge at those moments? Where do we go? God is our refuge. And just like we talked about last week, I don't think it's good enough for us to go, yeah, God is our refuge. That's true. Okay. That's good. But you know what's better is to actually go to God as our refuge. To say, Lord, I've got a problem here. Like Hezekiah did. Like David did in the psalm we talked about last week. You go to the refuge. You don't just sit back and with your mind go, yeah, God's a refuge. And then you do something else. God is our refuge and our strength. A very present help. I love the way that the ESV puts up there, very present help in trouble. Because we know this. We know this about presence. You know how sometimes you, you're there, but you're not there? That could be you right here at this very moment. Like, yeah, you're at church, but you're not really at church. You know, your mom's over here and everybody, whatever, right? You know, we talk to our son every weekend. He's been a leader at a Christian camp, Pine Cove, and he has his phone for 24 hours, and he sleeps most of those. And so, but he calls us, you know, so we get, we FaceTime him and we're doing this thing, right? And we're on the phone with him and we're talking to him. But like, Michael, did you hear what I said? That's <laughs> what he's, he's got his phone for this long. So he's responding to text as he's talking to us, you know, he's doing this. And so he's present, but he's not very present. You notice the difference. But God, our refuge and strength is very present in trouble. And if you just sit on that for a second and you think about the trouble that you may be going through right now at this moment, whatever the crisis is, just don't forget that God's not only present, he's very present, very present in trouble. Verse 2, therefore, and I hope this is what we can get from this, just knowing that and knowing that alone, not just with head knowledge but with heart knowledge, therefore, we will not fear. I love it. Because we know that God is very present and helping, and, and he is our refuge and our, and our strength. He is very present in our trouble. Therefore, we shall not fear. And then the psalmist goes on here over the next couple of verses and gives us great examples of hostility, chaos. And here's what it says. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, Though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. 
Think about that. All of that. Just again, you don't have to. Just, that is bad stuff. That those. Though it's not like a little problem. That's a big problem. It's chaotic. It's hostile. Then verse four. There's a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. Here's the deal. God is with his people. God is with his people, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is the exalted ruler, vindicating the innocent and judging the wicked. And then again, I love this next phrase in verse 5. God is in the midst. God is in the midst of her. That's the city of God. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns. I connect that back to God being a very present help in times of trouble. God is in her midst. God is in our midst. You know, Hezekiah, you know, when he's connecting to God, he was going through Isaiah the prophet, right? You don't have to do that anymore because what happens is the Lord of hosts, the Most High, the angel of God does what? Hundreds of years later comes in form of a baby who is then called Jesus. And then we've talked about it before. We talked about it last week. At that point, the veil is torn. We don't need to go to anybody to be in contact with God, right? He is in our midst. He is very present. You, yourself, me, myself, we can go directly. You don't have to come visit a pastor or go to a priest. You don't have to go. You just, if you are the Lord's, if you know the Lord, he is your Savior, and he is yours, then what's going on right there? You just go to him because he is your refuge. And again, don't stop short of just going, yeah, he is a refuge. He's my refuge. Go to him in these times of trouble. Because what happens is God made a way for us to be known by him. Not, you know, not, yeah, I know that guy exists, but to be known. It's relationship. And, you know, so there, you know, I don't know, five, six years ago, a worship friend of mine, um, worship leaders say things like this. No offense, Doug, if you say this. Uh, but, you know, the worship leader's job is, uh, my job is to usher people into the presence of God. A friend of mine said that he's a worship leader, and I went, hmm, <laughs> That seems like too big of a task. I mean, you're going you're gonna to do what? He said, oh, what I really mean by that is, you know, through music, we just kind of set the stage for corporate worship. I go, I can, I can, I can buy that, all right? <laughs> but I don't need you to usher me into the presence of God because God is in the midst. He's a very present help, you see? And so never, ever forget it. He's a very present help. He is in our midst. He is the refuge where we are supposed to go to outside of just trying to figure out all this other stuff, all this trouble, whatever it is. We unfortunately do not think about the things that we're talking about today soon enough. We'll try this, and we'll try that, and we'll go this way, and we'll go that way. We'll distract ourselves from the pain instead of going to the refuge. We'll talk to other people. We'll go, maybe this person can help me. Maybe this can happen. When mind starts to spin, things get noisy, right? But here's what happens. Let's do um, verse 6. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. But here's the powerful, here's the powerfulness of God. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts, that's multitudes, the Lord is the Lord of multitudes. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And the God of Jacob, if you know the story, 
God took care of Jacob. He was with Jacob. And we see that, right? And so the God of Jacob is our God. And so make that connection. The Lord of hosts is with us, and the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord. And what I want you to hear this morning about the works of the Lord is the psalmist tells us in the next few verses. Because we get these pictures, and again, I'm a fan of the foot, feet, footprints, feet print, footprints on the sand, of the whole thing. I'm a fan of that kind of, yeah, God, you know, he's carrying us, you know, it's all that thing. God is a gentle God. We hear it often because it's true. You know, his yoke is not heavy. His burden is light. We were to come to him. He's kind and he's loving and he's forgiving and he is full of grace and mercy. And he doesn't look down on us and our complaints and go, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, now I'm, now I'm at it. No, he wants us to go to him like a heavenly father. That is all true of God. But we don't only want to see that side because look at the works of God. Look at the works of the Lord. Um, Here's what he does. Verse 8, come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow, he shatters the spear, and he burns the chariots with fire. Now, that's a, that's a thing. That's a thing. And so I, the reason why I want to just focus on that aspect of God is because when we are facing a battle of any sort, I don't want us, and the psalmist doesn't want us, to forget that God is a warrior. That's who you have on your side. Because what we can have the tendency to do, again, I think step one is to go, yep, God is a refuge. I think step two is to go to God as a refuge, and then you think about the characteristics of God, and he's loving and kind and merciful and all those good things. But God is somebody that can and will fight for you. Fight for your heart, and he, nothing is above him. There's nothing that he cannot do, nothing at all. I never want to limit my view of the power of God, of the strength of God, who can carry you, who can carry me throughout whatever's going on. Because as we know, we know back, we can just refer back to those three guys that were in the furnace and say, look, God can deliver us, but even if he doesn't, he's still God, and he's going to do his thing, Right? Even if our current situation is not working out, I want us to never forget the mighty power of God. He is a warrior. And then the, and then the verse that everybody knows from the psalm, or the phrase from the verse, verse 10, be still and know that I am God. In the notes here, I just scribbled out, it could be two God's people or two hostile nations. I think it's the former, which is why we, that, that we think about most often. That's why we put those little signs on, you know, or on walls or whatever. But that can also, just studying this, it goes, you know what? That could be God speaking to those other nations, to the warring nations, going, hey, y'all, warring nations that's coming against my people, y'all better be still and know that I'm God, Right? What we think about, and it's also true, is that, hey, we're going through the fight. We're going through the battle. We're already trying to do all these other different things to settle it. And let's face it, we live in a noisy, 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 noisy world. And that noise, and you know it as well as I know it, it's not just external noise. Turn your music down. Turn, somebody turn the TV off. It's that mental noise that I, I battle against. You know, it's like, man, 
got this. My mind is pop, pop, pop. Your mind might be doing that too, especially when you're in a crisis, you know? And so what do we do at times instead of being still and knowing the truths that we speak of here today, that he is God, he is a warrior, he is our refuge, he is our strength, he is very present, he is in our midst. Instead of going there, and we do all sorts of other things. You know, you know we, we can get there, we can just pick up that phone and scroll it all day long. You know, it's just that mental distraction. Or if you don't scroll things, you got 14 different games that you're trying to beat and get these different levels, and you, it's distraction. It's, it's noise. Or you just dial into news, you know, all day long watching news, and then it's just, it, it's noise. And then, you know, you could go talk to a thousand people about all the stuff you're going through, and a lot of times it's going to be noise. You know, you're not getting good advice at all. What we need to do is cultivate a character of stillness. And I think as the world continues to move on, it gets harder and harder and harder to do so. A couple years ago, just wrestling with my own things, I go to a pastor friend of mine in Baton Rouge, and he knows what I'm going through, got my own battles, a lot of noise in my life, and I can just leave it at that, a lot of conflict, a lot of things going on. And he says, hey, here's what I want to do for you. I said, and he, I said okay, what? I just thought we were going to have a conversation. I said, you know, the Bible is also clear about seeking out wise counselors. He is one. And I said, hey, you know, he goes, I want you to go to Illinois with me. And I was like, you want me to do what? And he goes, there is this retreat that I go on every year, actually multiple times a year, he goes. And he goes, and I never miss it. I'm like, okay, what? Tell me about it, because in my world, you know, retreats, yeah, you go, um, and there's some, you know, there's a big speaker, so, you know, conferences, these things, which are great things. There's going to be a speaker, and there's going to be a worship band, it's going to be awesome, and we're going to study the Word, and, you know, we might have some, you know, go, go 15 minutes and have your quiet time or whatever, but we're all doing this thing. That's kind of how I understand retreats. And he goes, yeah, because this is going to be much different. And so I, we, I go, I can't remember where it was in Illinois, I can't remember, some college uh, we went to, it was very beautiful. Um, and the folks that were leading it um, was specifically leading us to be still. And this guy that brought me there, he knew that's exactly what I needed. He knew I didn't need to go to another conference, another seminar, read another book. He goes, the whole point, you know, you get there, you give them your phone, kind of a thing, and, you know, you come in for some worship, um, some reflection, um, some, you know, back and forth reading of the word, and then you're just sent to be silent. And here's where I get, got even di more different from me. It's like, okay, I'm going to quiet time with God. I need to be silent. I need to be still. So I need to pray, which is a good thing, right? Uh, but they actually said, we don't, don't even pray. Like, don't even pray, because, you know, I'm used to the acronym, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. i got to do some stuff. Even when I'm supposed to be still, I'm doing stuff, you know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out the words that I need to speak to God, so on and so forth. And the challenge was, don't do that. And then they say, pay attention. I can't believe how hard it was. They said, pay attention to how challenging it's going to be. They, they said, I bet you can't do 30 minutes. What? Sure I can. <laughs> I couldn't do three. <laughs> I couldn't do three minutes because, you know, your mind's here. Your mind's there. And even this guy that took me to this conference, which was such a blessing to me uh, to even go, to even be exposed to this, he said, Mike, I've been trying for years to do 30 minutes, and I can't do it yet. You know? Can you just sit and be still, just knowing that God, all these things that we've spoken about already, 
knowing that God is there and he is with you. Can you do it? My encouragement to you, not just this moment, but my encouragement to you is give that a shot. Can you just sit and be silent and not let thoughts rush into your own mind? Um, wow, what a discipline. And um, I can do more than three, but I can't do 30 yet. Still working. Be still and know that I am God. Because that right there, it's, while that's a comforting verse, I think what we have to recognize is man, just, uh, it's hard. And many of us, or most of us, maybe we're not inclined to do that first. Be still and know that I am God. Why? He says, because I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That's always going to be true. So what a great thing to remember about God when you're being still and you're knowing that he's God. What are you knowing? Well, we talked about a lot already, but I also want you to know that he will be exalted in the earth. He will be exalted among the nations. God's it's not going to be like, all oh, these problems, it's not like things are going to spin out of control for God, right? And like, wow, I was going to be exalted, but it's too, it got too much for me. Nothing is too much for God. Be still and know that he is God and that he will be exalted. Always. Never not going to be true. And that is the God that we get to go to. That is the refuge in which we get to run. That is the strength that we get to have. What an awesome thing. And then, again, a reminder, um, verse 7 told us, and he tells us again, verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. Remember? In our midst, very present. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. What a great song. So my hope is that next time you see that on your wall at your house or, you know, on a T-shirt, you know, calligraphied somewhere or somebody did, took some yarn and crocheted something, whatever. Next time you see that, I hope that you remember what's around that. What is this be still and know that he is God? All of those qualities of God are things that we need to remember. And because we believe those things to be true and because we are his, we need to take those things and we just, we just need a reminder, and we're still, and you're remembering them, and then you go. You run into the fortress. You quit trying to create a fortress somewhere else. You run into the fortress. You receive him not only as your Savior, but as your very present refuge and strength. Let me pray to that end for all of us as the worship team comes back up. Lord, thank you for who you are. You are worthy of our worship, regardless of what you do for us. But Lord, we know that you will be exalted in all the earth. Among all the nations, you are powerful, you are mighty. At the same time, Lord, you have chosen, you've chosen us. You've chosen us, Lord, who know you as our Savior. And Lord, what an opportunity that is. My hope and prayer, Lord, is for everybody within the sound of my voice that they would put their faith in you today if they haven't done so already. That they would know you, Lord, experientially as their refuge, as their strength, as their mighty warrior, somebody that is with them at all times. Remind us, Lord, of these truths. Remind us that you are the one that we can go to or to help us through whatever is troubling us. 
Help us to that end, Lord, for if you do that, that in and of itself is grace. What an opportunity that is. What a great gift that is that we don't even deserve. That is your heart. And I am thankful and we are thankful. And we love you. And we give praise to Jesus Christ. Amen.